You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive Scottish football content. Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of the SM Media Scottish Football Show. I'm Scott McPike, it's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. I'd like to welcome this week's panel, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the show St Cuthbert Wanderers manager Josh Gardner. Josh, welcome back, it's a pleasure. Pleasure to be back on mate. Um, I'm hoping that I get one of the hat-trick balls that you used to get in El Soccer AM. So if I get back the third time I expect a wee hat-trick ball through my door mate. All depends on performance, all depends on performance. We're going to be your first one, it's, it's a pleasure to have you back. And it's also a pleasure to welcome on his debut appearance in the show from the Fantasy Football Podcast, Donny Robertson. Donny, welcome to the show, it's a pleasure to have you. No, that's fine, it's happy to help, it's good to, it's good to be on. I just wish I was talking about better results, but we'll, we'll come to that. We'll certainly probably get into that later on. There's a, I can tell by your, you can tell by your mood, yeah, probably not the best time to get you on, but we did, we did have this arranged before that game, so we'll maybe... Get into that later on, but busy weekend as always. We this is our <coughs> this is our second last show before we go on a wee World Cup break. We're going to have a couple of weeks just of a wee break for the show, and then we'll maybe get back into it just kind of before the World Cup comes back. But let's get down to business. There's a lot to get through here. There's a lot of goals as well. I think if this isn't a record for goals scored in a a league a Premiership week, I'll be very surprised because there is some amount of goals to talk about. But we will start at Celtic Park on Saturday. Celtic left it very late, very dramatic comeback to crush the United's dreams of snatching a point at Parkhead. 4-2 victory for Celtic. Kyogo and Abada with two injury time goals as Dundee United clawed it back to 2-2. But Celtic, again, Josh, we speak about this a lot, but Ange's philosophy is we never stop and Again, it's it's an attitude that it's a it's maybe a cliche, but it's certainly an attitude that's displayed time and time again. This Celtic team, two seasons ago, this Celtic team don't win that game. I think the rivals don't win that game. Yesterday, as we as we we see, and we'll talk about that later on. But Celtic again, a massive three points, and again a weekend where they've probably put a put a hand on the championship trophy. I I'd agree, mate. Um, it'd be hard to see Celtic slip up now, to be honest with you, especially the way it's going at Rangers. But as you say, they, they never stop. They just keep going, they go, and they go. And I think what's also important as well is is when it's not going well, they don't change what they do. They just keep battering yeah. down the drums and they've got that style that they always refer back to. And I think that's why a philosophy and a style of play, whatever you want to call it, is really important because if you've got that in place and in times of need and in times of when you're needing to maybe pull something out of the bag or whatever and you you rely on the experiences which they've got and they know that that style of play works. They just need to keep buying the drum, so to speak, and they eventually get they eventually get the rewards for it. Um and normally you look back if I remember when I was last on the podcast, Celtic dug out a an a late victory as well. So mm. and everybody was saying like that's normally one of the moments where you look back and go, That's a that's a title winning moment and Again, that, that looks like another one as well. Um, and as, as you say, they seem to be going for Celtic, but not going for Rangers. And we all know it's a two-horse race in Scotland. So I, I was very, I was buzzing with that. And then even more buzzing when I saw the Rangers result today. Don't worry, I'm so into your wins, though, lad. So I'll just try and keep <laughs> a lad on it. 
Bonnie, the thing that gets me with Celtic, and I say this repeatedly, and Josh has hit on it there, there is this thing of never changing the way the way Celtic play. As I say, any team any team losing an eighty seventh minute goal would would get a shock to their system, and it's it's very hard to come back from that. It's very hard to get the points, and we'll touch we'll touch on Dundee United as well. But to come back and not only score one goal late on, but then score another one, it does show this mentality that Celtic have have of don't stop, don't accept a 3-2, don't just because you've won the game, stop and think that's it. Celtic then go and score another and put the game to bed. And it's it's so it's so refreshing, I think, for Celtic because as I say, the weekends worked out brilliantly for them. But it nearly it nearly didn't, but it shows you this tremendous recovery they've got of just digging in, not stopping, getting that late goal. And again, it's just it's worked out so well for them this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing that's going to help them is, you know, we talk about Fergie time and, and just having that desire to win. But with VAR coming fresh on the scene, there's going to be a lot more injury time within games. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw with the Aberdeen game, the time it took to, to make that decision and, and award the penalty, then they had to retake the penalty. You know, you're seeing seven, eight minutes added on in, in almost each half. So a team like Celtic, that's ideal for them. It's just giving them more opportunity and they do, they just keep going. And unfortunate as it is, you know, I was glad when it was 2 2. And then five minutes later, I checked my phone and it's 4 2. And you're like, there we go again, missed opportunity. But they've just got it. And when they come up against teams like Dundee United, who lost nine goals the last time they beat them, the heads go down and, and then they score again. So it's going to be hard for any team to catch them, uh, yet alone Rangers. They're just on that good run. And when I guess the World Cup break comes at a good time for, for everyone else. But um, yeah, they just keep going. <laughs> That's as, as, as bad as it is. See, just on that as well, what is anybody know what the handball rule is? Because I've not got a clue. I don't think the referees do either. No. If it hits your hands, it's almost always going to be a penalty. Unless you've got them down by your sides. See, Even if it comes off somebody, you get a penalty. It's, it's, the, problem, it's the problem with that is, is that it's, again, the thing we spoke to before, it's, it's somebody's opinion. Yeah. So how do you how do you decide what's a handball or not? We I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, the handball with Michael Smith at Hearts. It hits his hand. What's the difference with that yesterday? Like how's it what they're both the same to me? You're either yeah, yeah. they're either penalties or not. I think if you're given I think if you're given penalties for that, I've said it before, I know the rule is the rule, but if a ball, if if you're kicking a ball towards somebody's hand and they can't get out of it, and you're giving a penalty, that's very unfair in my opinion. So the thing is, clever clever players will start looking onto that as well. They even go down the byline to cut it back, and they'll it's fine staff, but you, they're going to start just trying to flick it off their hand because they know yep. it's going to be a penalty. Oh. And it's listen, I'll say I'm a I manage a team. I actually don't know the rules, and that's me being totally honest. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um. I seen a Brian Graham interview as well with his ladies team. He didn't know the rules. I know Big Brian. I says when you find them, out, let me know because I don't know either. And it's just like it literally just seems anything the ball hits your hand in a box, it's a penalty. Simple as that. And like that one with Bernard, he's not even looking at. He's not even looking that direction. Not, like, he's not. He's not putting his hand up to stop anything. He's as you say, he's not looking towards the ball. So how's that? A... And he's jumping. Nah, I don't, yeah. don't know how I did expect to say jump with your hands glued to your side. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. A weird one, and it's it's a weird one, and it's one of those like the ref the referee is that 
is that the thing with VAR that it's a clear and obvious error? Is VAR getting involved in there because the referee's got it horribly wrong? Not for me. I don't think... I. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's it's one of those. It's going to be... I think VR played its part. I don't know how that's not a red card either. No. Earlier on in the game, it's 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 weird. Josh, what did you think of the United? Obviously, going to Parkhead is never easy to get, to, to come within touching distance of getting a point and to get it ripped away from you so late on. It must just be gut punch for Liam Fox and his side. Ah, they'll be gutted. They will be gutted. And it's... Especially in the situation that they're in, they're obviously they're bottom of the table, and that point could have been massive for them, especially going into the midweek games. And it'll honestly, it'll feel gut wrenching for them, but they, they really just need to try and focus on the positives of the game. And they, they did ride Celtic close, and they should have got something for the game. And they're going to need to try and be positive again into their game midweek. But it's, aye, it's it's a shame for them. I'd be lying if I said I felt sorry for them, but I didn't. But <laughs> if um, if it was my side, I would have been absolutely gutted. To be honest, I would have been gutted, um, especially this the way the goal came, like Hugo getting a free header in the box. Yeah. Um, that that's what really would annoy me. Um, you would think at that stage of the game, but let's call a spade a spade. That's why they are where they are, because they're shitting the goals. The concentration levels are not there towards the end of games. They've had a few games like that this year with the lost goals at the end of halves, and <laughs> you need to concentrate for the full ninety minutes. And I, I don't, I think that's what will be. The, it's not as if it's like an absolute world day and it's a piece of magic. It's a ball into the box, and the smallest man in the box has got a free head unscored, and that's what will be really annoying Liam Fox, to be honest with you. And as the Celtic train keeps rolling, they're now seven points clear, and they stayed seven points clear today. Rangers faltered at McDermott Park, a 2-1 defeat by an outstanding St. Johnson performance. Donnie, the Rangers will obviously be the story here, and we'll probably talk a lot more about Rangers and Mabilla about St. Johnson, but before we get into anything, St. Johnson, as we spoke about with Indy United, it's never easy going up against any of the old firm what an unbelievable result that is for Callum Davidson. And to be honest, it's one that they absolutely deserved. Yeah, I can't have, can't have any complaints about the actual results. And having watched the first 40 minutes until um, just before the goal, finally enough, Rangers never looked like they were going to score. They've had 20 corners in that game and absolutely nothing to show from it. It was the same move over and over again, down the left to Kent. Kent cuts it back. Either him or Barisic is crossing it in. St. Johnson, I've got veteran defenders who are used to playing against teams like us and just kept kicking it away, kicking it away. You get the goal and the strike. Gio never made any changes at halftime. They scored again and, and that's it, game over. You, you know, Rangers were never going to get back into it. Um, even after they scored, they've just they've run out of steam. Their, their season's over. Um and it needs a change. And that's just the harsh reality of where they are right now. And Gio's given me some of the best highs in the last 12 months, but he's also given us some of the worst lows. And this result was coming. I was surprised it wasn't against Aberdeen um, when they went 1-0 up. But we, we did put a performance together there, but this has been coming. And we've got Hearts next, which is not going to be an easy game. And some men before the break, which will be another tough ground to go to. So I don't know where we go from here. And as you say, that's going to be the, the story of the weekend. Josh, you're a manager. And a very good manager. When, when you're a manager at half time and you're one 0 down. Now, as 
Donny touched on a good point there. Rangers had 10 corners in the first half and played quite well, played played quite forward. They just weren't get didn't look like scoring. At what point do you go at half time when you're you're one 0 down to a, te- to a team like St Johnson who you should be beating? And no disrespect to St Johnson. At what point do you go? We need to change something here. Crossing into the box with Andy Considine and uh, Jason Brown in the box, who are just as I say, it's an easy game for them. They're just heading the ball away at any cross that comes in. At what point do you go? Right, I need to change something here. I need to look at this system I'm playing and completely change it because this isn't working. See, to be honest with you, I think I said this the last time I was on the podcast. I can't believe the way Rangers play that they don't put Morelos and Cholak in the same team. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you lob, they put numerous amount of balls into the box per game, but the two probably the best guys in the team would be attacking a ball in the box. Only one of them plays and one sits on the bench. It's it makes no sense to me, but when I was watching the game this afternoon, and I, I was kind of going between that and the uh, Liverpool, uh, no Liverpool, Arsenal and Chelsea game, so I had the two games on at the same time. Yeah. And I noticed that Rangers were getting loads of corners, but there was no invention for the corners. It was the same corner every time, though, even yeah. changing it to an in-swinger or an out-swinger, it was, or a short corner or whatever. It's, if that was me and I was coming in and we're putting that many balls into the box, I'd maybe be speaking about maybe... Do we need to look at the types of deliveries? Because the deliveries all looked the same as well. It was like floated crosses. They were up in the air. And you're at guys like Andy Conson down the centre-half. They were just getting up and mopping them up. These crosses that are going to put them in a bit of danger is ones that are whipped in at an awkward type that players like Cholak and Ryan Kent can come in off the line and get across their man. And a bit like Nicky Clark's goal, to be honest with you, that sort of cross. Um, that would be much more dangerous against that defence. And that's the bit that... I, I would have made the change. That, I would have made that change at half time if that's the way they were chosen to play. That's where I don't think their style matches up with the, the players to put on the pitch. It doesn't match up. It doesn't make sense. Um, but I, in that game, you've just got to come out all guns blazing. I just thought it was a wee bit, I felt as if they were making the game really easy for St. Johnson. It was just like go down one side, come back out, go to the other side, back and go the other side. And it was just like, you're going to need to play a forward pass at some point here. And, the, the moments came for Tavernier having a shot and then I think Lundstrom's had a long-range shot as well and it's just like a wee bit of invention, a wee bit of give and goes, a wee bit of, a wee bit of combination playing around the box. Like you never really seen that. It just looks as if there's no that many relationships built on the pitch, if that makes sense. Like Whereas before when they, they won the league, they had the relationships all over the pitch and people worked and the combinations worked and it just looks very static. It looks very... Just a bit crap, to be honest. That is the way it looks. It just looks pretty boring to watch. I remember a year ago, and I've spoken about this a lot, when Giovanni van Bronckhorst got the job, and I was keen on Giovanni van Bronckhorst getting the job. I thought, right, something similar to Gerard in terms of a young manager who's got a wee bit, maybe a, a bit more experience, has won a league. I mean, final winning a league against Ajax and PSV. That's some achievement. That's You need to be a, a good manager to pull that off. And I remember... When Gio got the job, I spoke to Johan Brinkel, the final from my final podcast, really, really intelligent guy, knows his stuff. And I asked him, I asked him off here before we went on. I said, What's this? What's his style of play? Because I always thought with Gerard, and I don't think he was a brilliant defensive-minded coach, and I think that's been proven when he went down to England. But he he played with intensity going forward. You knew what Gerard was going to do. And my first thing I asked him was, I said, What's his attacking style of play? 
and he said it's a horseshoe. He said it's a horseshoe. It's play along a line. If the if the if a difficult pass isn't on, you play a safe pass. It's not the same as Gerard. Mm. And I thought, right, okay, that's totally different. Now, if you remember last season, Rangers went on a really good run after Gio came in from then until the winter break. I don't think I think they won every game. I don't think they lost a game. I think they only lost one goal as well. And then after that, Rangers began to struggle, went to Parkhead, got absolutely demolished. And I've said that repeatedly, they've got demolished again. And you see now when Gio's been able to implement his system, there's no there's no urgency, there's nothing there. If I if there's a safe pass on the play it, Ryan Kent, Josh, if if you were a if you were Ryan Kent's manager, what are you seeing in him to play him religiously? Because he's not... so far off where he needs to be. Now, I've got my own problems about letting him letting a seven million pound English player that should be enough in itself to warrant a transfer fee to let him either run his contract down or not renew it. Now, I don't think I wouldn't give Ryan Kent a new contract based on his performances this season, but I certainly wouldn't let him leave for nothing. And mm-hmm. that's the predicament, the recruitment. And recruitment is something I have spoke about religiously. I'm not going to do it tonight because I don't want to bore everybody, but it's a massive, massive area of concern. But, Donny, tonight, we are not talking about recruitment because that Rangers team are more than capable of going to St. Johnson and getting a result. I don't care how many injuries you have, that Rangers team in paper is better than St. Johnson and should be going there with intensity. At 2-0 down, as you pointed out, at 2-0 down, they did not look anything like a team that were facing a seven-point a seven point deficit in the league before the in the first week in November. Now, I know the World Cup's coming up and I know it was getting, just about getting to the World Cup and not making that worse. It is worse. And where do you go from here? Uh, good question. No, no idea. I mean, it was the same, Livingston just a couple of weeks ago. Now, it was exactly the same game. They scored, made it difficult for us, and luckily we got the, the equaliser at the death. But I, th- I just think his time's up. And, you know, we've got two more games to go, so this time next week it'll be finished. They need, they need to clear out. It's... I, I really don't know what the answer is because all the good managers have got jobs in the World Cup. You might see international managers um, giving up roles and going squads. I really don't know. It's just come at such the worst time. Um, I would have liked him to see him do well. He started off well, as I say. The, the European run that we had was phenomenal, but the warning signs were there against Celtic. We folded to them far too easily twice last season, already this season. European run was a disaster. You know, people laughing at laugh, laughing at us across the country. And you know, this just tops it all. Um so to me he's got nowhere to go. If he's not gone by this time next week, then that's an even bigger warning sign. Um but they need to clear out and Kent's not the only one who's you know gonna run out of contract. You've got Morellis there. Okay, he's not getting a game, but when he is getting a game, is he doing enough? Uh, I don't think he is. And it's an aging squad. I mean, a lot of that squad is Gerard's squad from when he first came to us. Yeah. We're going to have people retiring at the end of the season. They've got, like, say, Helander, who's never going to come back from injury. Roof, who's never going to come back from injury. We've got about 10 players there that are no use to us. And we're going to need to bring in 10, all while Celtic strengthening and 
you know, push on from the platform that they've got. So, you know, we turned a corner when we won 55, um, and that should have been uh, the step to go and push on, but it hasn't worked out. And as I say, the clock's the clock has struck, and for me, it's just time up for Geo. Josh, is it a case though? Is that the is it a style thing? Like, so you're talking about Ryan Kent there, but is it a case of Ryan Kent just doesn't it? It seems as if the only sort of attacking player that's actually done well is Cholak. Yeah. Um, but is it a case is does his system suit these players? Like, I you could say Kent's doing enough, but we don't know the information he's gave because you've just said that guy's saying if there's a difficult pass on or whatever, it's back out safe, go to the other side again. Is that taking away that creativity for Kent and the wingers to say, listen, go and get at him if you're in a one visit one situation? That's but that's my about. point. But that's my point about recruitment, Josh. How if Giovanni Van Bronckhorst thinks that Ryan Kent maybe doesn't fit that system, you need to go and get someone else other than Ryan Kent. You can't just stick. You can't just stick with those. If you think you, if you want to completely change that system, if Stephen Gerrard's system was very, very simple. Four, four, three, three. Inside forwards instead of wingers. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is very winger-based, right? Yep. I think Ryan Kent is far better when he cuts in. Ryan Kent and Yanis Hadji, for me, were the two best at being that, that kind of wide number 10 role. Not a, not a winger as such, but a kind of number 10 who is in there, can go at the byline if you need them to, but it's far better tucking at, cutting in, getting the ball forward, getting the ball through the middle. That's obviously changed, but... You're saying there about the system, and I agree that's a completely different system. But Josh, you know that you know as well as me. You need mm. players that fit your system. You need if you want to implement a system, you need to buy players that you know will fit the system. You don't just go to Ross. Give us a list. Give us a list of five players who have been on your list for two or three years, who you've been trying to get constantly, who fit that old system, because that's what it looks to me. There is no manager and director of football sitting down and going, right, okay, this is who we need for this position. Rangers haven't had a cut out and out right winger since Daniel Kandias. Have they replaced that position? The summer was a pit was the place to rebuild your squad. You've sold Calvin Bassey for 20 million. You've sold Nathan Patterson. I know we keep we keep talking down the money they've earned for the Champions League, but they've certainly earned money from the Champions League. Uh, you need to reinvest in a squad. Rangers were in a great position 18 months ago because Celtic were in disarray and Rangers had won the league. Rangers should have used that, as Donny said, as a stepping stone to going to the next level. That requires more money. Rangers, The Rangers are bored to put a lot of money in. I get that. But you need to build on that. You don't just win the league and go, right, that's us done with target. We'll go back to being mediocre and let Celtic rebuild their squad and become better than us because that's what's happened. Yeah, That's the problem. Now, Antonio Cholak... a lot it's to do as well, though, and it's his mannerism. Like, it's, it's, his, it's even that attitude and everything. Like, just, he just doesn't inspire you. He's not very inspiring. Yeah, there's really. another thing as well. Like he's, saying, he's saying two weeks ago when they played... The last week when they played Ajax, Ajax are far better than us and should be beating us. Right, OK. But you've got a bigger budget than St. Johnson, so you realistically you should be getting out and stuffing St. Johnson. Aye. So what... What Imagine being a fan or a player in the changing room, like you've read that you've saw that interview, like oh we can't compete here, we because we've not got the bank balance, we can't do this, we can't do that. Like, but you've got to your local oh, final just, beating two of the biggest budgets in Germany. Aye, so let's just let's just pack up and go up the road. That's it. That he'd be better off telling you, but 
it's it's that side of it. Like that's the stuff that Gerard would never come. I know Gerard's got his flaws, but he would never come out in a press conference and be that defeatist and that downbeat and negative about things. Like you still got to be positive. And I just think like if he's saying that to the media, because normally whatever you say to the media or what you're saying to the press is you're trying to sugarcoat it a wee bit. Let's be honest. Yeah. So I dread to think how honest he's been in the changing room as well. I'd love to see what he's saying in there. If that's what he's saying to the newspapers and stuff, I'd love to I've hear said, what he's I've saying I've said before. There. I've said before, and I, th- I think that's a lot. I can imagine Stephen Gerrard, and I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not saying here like, oh, the solution is go and get Stephen Gerrard back. Now he's available. That would be a disaster because that shows to that. That would really my worst fear about this Rangers board that they're quite happy just to go back to when everything was all right. Gerard's reputation has been damaged. Do not go near Stephen Gerard. That is my warning to this Rangers board. And I know they won't listen to this and I know they don't care about somebody like me. But that would be that would highlight everything that is wrong with how I feel recruitment is because somebody's available who they've liked before and who they've had before, you go and get them back. Alan McGregor, I love Alan McGregor, one of the best goalkeepers I've ever seen in Scottish football. But why is he going off to a hero's where a standing ovation in a Scottish Cup final, and then five days later signs a new one-year deal? What's that about? <laughs> is that basically you? Is that basically Ross Wilson going right? I've I've looked about a couple of days for a goalkeeper. They're too dear. Alan, can you stay for another season and we'll kick this can down the road until next summer? Where does that leave Rangers now? Because then you've got then you've got Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Now I I think he's done. I think he will never recover from this. And it's not because I want him out the door. I don't believe that the manager carries the can for everything. I think the manager, unfortunately, sometimes does. I don't believe he should. But the problem you've got now is, is that if Rangers were to limp through the next two games, right? Rangers, Rangers beat Hearts and beat St Marin and then go on a month break. And then the game after the game after they come back, go to Pataudry and get beat. It just, it just festers again. It's, it's that way you don't escape that. You don't escape going to St. Johnson and losing 2-1 when you're under so much pressure. Sadly, you don't. And it's not... I, I mean, Giov- I don't think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will survive this. I really don't. When no. do you think it'll happen? Do you think it'll happen before the World Cup break? Or do you well, think it's, that thing, it? it's that thing. Do you want... Do, do you, is it the best option to get him out the door the now, play, get... Just two games in, and then go a month with a new system. A new system. You're putting that. Are you putting a new guy under a lot of pressure of going in his first four games to Aberdeen, Hibs, and then at home to Celtic? What's the again? That's 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 the problem. You're either in this position of you give him to the World Cup, you give him until the Celtic game. Celtic beat them, and that's that over, and that's that, and it's. And then where do you go from there? You're probably ten points clear, or ten points behind, or even more. And what's the point? Or and who is the realistically that would come in? That's the problem. Go for as Donny says, there's manager. The manager's there. Who do you go and get? It's and who who wants to go there and go right? You've got a squad here that you're going to need to drastically rebuild in the summer. But we're not going to really give you the. We're not going to let you pick your players. We're going to give you a list that you're just okay because that is what I feel is going on. I. <sighs> Is Giovanni Van Bronckhorst going? I really like Ravi Matondo. No disrespect to Ravi Matondo. I don't think he's been given enough of a chance. But I don't imagine the manager's going, right, Ravi Matondo's the guy we really need. Do you know what I mean? 
they've, they've brought in an assistant manager for Ajax. And I'm not saying you go and spend 15, 20 million and get every good player from Holland. But you certainly look at the market you know. Ange Postacoglu's well, looked Ange at a Jap- Exactly. Ange Postacoglu's about to sign somebody else for Japan, a market he knows, Donny. Where's that, where's that at Ibrox? Where's Giovanni Van Bronckhorst going? That, that, and that, here's another point. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst apparently wanted a, a midfielder from France, desperate to sign him. It was out Rangers' price range, so Rangers went and signed Malik Tillman and loaned from Bayern Munich. What? Yeah, he's a dead you know, man walking. Um, it needs to be done sooner. I don't think he's. Later. I don't think he's been helped though, Donny. I don't think no. he's been helped at all. But if you switched, so we've talked about two games tonight so far. If you switched those around, if Settle go one 0 down to St Johnston, you fancy them to win the game. If they're two 0 down, you'd expect them to get at least a draw. If Rangers were even 1-1 against Dundee United, you probably wouldn't have fancied them to win. And at 2-1, with 87 minutes gone, you certainly would not expect them to win. And that's the difference. Celtic have got a big enough tank and desire to push on in these games. Rangers, just they run out of options. Talking about the system, the system probably is good, but Scottish football isn't the grounds where it's going to work. Absolutely. Too many teams have got enough men behind the ball that they can see it coming. You saw it today. Every time Kent got the ball, there's two men went out to him and closed them down. And we all know, watching the game, what Kent's going to do. You're going to cut inside, whip it in. So if you put two men on him, he can't do that. And it goes back to Barisic, and then it goes across to the other side. And it was just that all day long. And as I say, I think we could have played all day and never got another goal. And there's been too much of that this season. We've been lucky in games, to say the Aberdeen game. But, nah, it's... I don't, I'm, I'm at a loss and, and everyone else is at a loss and you know midweek against Hearts it's at home the crowd's going to be toxic if Hearts score first or even go on to win that'll be it it's it, they've gone too far now for it to become acceptable and he's a nice guy and he's done a lot in football and he was the right appointment at the right time but he's just the wrong appointment for the Scottish game and that's the thing, and that's that's where I, I tend to agree. I think he's I think in a one on what I think in a one off cup tie, I think he's the right guy because I think tactically in that regard, I think he knows what he's doing. I think if you ask like that's if Rangers if Celtic were to go on a, we spoke about this a lot, if Celtic were to go on a blip before the World Cup, you couldn't trust Rangers to pick up from it. And that's that's yeah. the big difference. And that's I mean we could go on about this all night and I think <laughs> I think I think it's inevitable, Josh. I just think it's see, wait, see another thing. Am I right in thinking that Rangers fans in general were quite optimistic about the start of the season, obviously, and then when it started, and then was it no when the injuries started to happen at the key players? Yeah. That's when it started to because he's weren't doing well. If I if I might be my memory's terrible, but boys, I can't remember my game yesterday. Never mind the day, but do you want to remember I, your game yesterday? No, mate, honestly, on I don't I don't actually want to. <laughs> Um, I'm waiting on that getting sent to me to rewatch it again. I'm <laughs> going to sit with a cup of vodka because I think to rewatch that. But anyway, um, but I, I kind of thought that you were a bit optimistic and it was all about like which yeah. he always bring to the table. And obviously, rightly so, he's just off the back of a European Cup final. But it the seems PSV as if, game, I think the, the injuries have killed him. We PSV eh? and got Aye. into the Champions League. You were like, brilliant. We've got a piece of the money now as well. There was a bit of buzz, wasn't there? there was a and then the, the transfer window shut. And that was probably the first warning sign. We didn't sign anything to strengthen in midfield. We were happy at the back, you know, signing 
a guy for Hearts who we know has got injury problems, and lo and behold, he plays one game, gets injured, and, and meanwhile, never seen meanwhile again. Balogun's walking a bit buzz. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> but there's another thing as well. Like that, there's another thing as well. Like we could see that any 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 fan of any of Scottish football could see that that squad that squad had peaked when they won. I mean, last season was a perfect was as I say was a perfect exa- perfect example. Rangers should have been leaps and bounds clear of Celtic. Ange, Ange's team should have took two or three years to build. Now, would they have got that if if Rangers had kicked on? I I don't know, but he hasn't had to. He's he's rebuilt the squad in a seat in eighteen months, and they're so far clear of Rangers. Like so far clear of Rangers. Not in like in a one off game. I think it would be very even. But what I'm trying to say is is that Celtic. Celtic have got so much more firepower in terms yeah. of Celtic yesterday, for example, Haksabanovic, he's not he's not first choice. He's a really, really good player to bring on. Jack Amakis, how many times has he come on and, and done something? How many times has he started and done something? Rangers don't have that. It's Ryan Kent, who's horrendously out of form. And look now at the stage where I think he's he's doing he's playing rubbish on purpose because he doesn't want to be there. He's just happy to let his contract run down. Glenn Kamara, all the talk was he was going in the summer. Rangers couldn't get the bid they wanted. They were trying to sign somebody for standard Liège. Again, the price was too dear. They went off him. What, what I'm trying to say is this, this squad had peaked last season and I'm now at the stage where I think and I hope and pray that I'm wrong in this. This Rangers team only won that league because of two reasons. Celtic were in disarray and there was no crowd because you tell me is that Rangers mentality get any better since since two seasons ago? You'll not get any disagreements from me, lads. But that you see what I'm saying though. Like, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, as it's as as true what you're saying. It definitely is, but like, I don't know. It's it, there seems to just be a, a catalogue errors that Rangers are doing. It just doesn't seem to get any better. It, it reminds me similar to when we went and brought Lennon in. And even like what I'm hearing now, people are saying for Duncan Ferguson to come in. I can remember people saying that when uh, when we got Lennon in and people were saying like, oh, he'll not take any crap and these boys will work hard. Now that was a lot of rubbish. Like, look how bad we've been. Before you know we've got people throwing things at the, the outside the stadium and them out. Like, and things can turn. But the problem with that was is that, that that team had reached the end of its cycle. That team had won. That, do you know what I mean? That team had won nine trophies Ten in a row. I, I I think it was just. I think it just got to a stage where that Celtic team. It was just. Just became stale. Aye, it just. I just had a like peak, Ajax. and this Rangers team was the same. This Rangers team have had a peak. This Rangers team. I think we're seeing it a bit with Liverpool as well. This Liverpool aye, team aye, yeah. aren't they? Aren't now going to go and go to that next level because they've hit the peak. And this is why it. you've got your director of football. So they're there to bring in the next. Exactly. Ryan Kent or the next Morelos and and that that is why they're there because at Rangers and Celtic and Ajax do it really well is like, like Ajax have basically got a brand new team and look how well they're doing. But they do that every year because they sell every the best year. players. Exactly. Because but they anticipate that they sell players. Whereas there's this thing at Celtic and Rangers where oh we shouldn't be selling this one and we shouldn't be doing this and we shouldn't be doing that. Whether we like it or not, they're both selling clubs and players come here as a stepping stone. The sooner we realise that, and it was interesting actually, and I was actually quite pleased about it. No, all Celtic fans were, but Ange touched on it where we need to anticipate selling yeah. our best players. Um, and a lot of fans were up in my ear about that, or why we're talking about selling our best players because you 
you're absolutely you're blind and you're oblivious if you're not talking about that because it's going to happen and it's going to happen at a point where you're going to be left and you've not recruited properly and you've not rebuilded properly. And whose fault's that? That's it eventually goes to the manager saying he needs to plan for it. He needs to plan for losing Kyogo or Hatati or whatever. You need to plan for this sort of stuff. Like, but that's that's that, good recruitment. That's Celtic signed Jota for six and a half million. Do you think they're gonna let him go for nothing? Exactly. But it's that's management, isn't it? That is that's, management. But management. again, is it the recruitment side of it? I don't know, like the, the Ross Wilson side and Again, it's mad in football, isn't it? Because there was so many... I remember the praise Ross Wilson was getting when he brought in Aaron Ramsey. Do you remember that? And it's just crazy in football how it can just turn. I like... put out an article saying two years ago Ross Wilson was the best player since Walter Smith. And I did believe yeah. that. I did believe he came, he was, he came right. in and brought something different. He brought in... You could see a vision for the future. But also said in that article something, when Gerard does eventually leave, you need to get that transition right. And that meant rebuilding the squad because you cannot carry a squad and I think Celtic suffered from this as well under Rodgers Celtic played a terrific style of football under Brendan Rodgers when Neil Lennon came in they were they were being asked to do different things and you can't ask 11 players to do the exact same thing in a different way you need but you also to can't you also can't ask uh, you also can't ask Neil Lennon to replace a Brendan Rodgers that's, like the that's, that's the thing like, but you can't you, you can't ask players as well to completely change the way they play to suit that style that's it that's exactly it you can't it's just it's a continuous it's 8 oh. degrees Celsius my Alexa Alexa stop I don't know why she's decided to just tell us about the weather that's the clip for the episode because <laughs> there's dark clouds because there's dark clouds gathering over Ibrox in my opinion and I think they will <laughs> I think they will become I think they'll flood on Wednesday night if Rangers don't get anything because it's Donnie rightly says, if Rangers don't make a decision, and I'm never one for getting managers to sack, I always think the players should carry a lot more of the can because they're the ones doing the work. The manager can only put out the team. The man, the players deserve a lot more of the flack here, but these are players who we know have mentality problems in this league. Mm-hmm. If Rangers go, and, go out and went tonight and it's mediocre, it's average, it's rubbish. Do you think the fans will accept that? Do you think the fans will not be... I remember going to Ibrox and fans were outside for Paul Le Guin after a St. Johnson defeat and they were... It was toxic, absolutely toxic. And I hope that never happens again, but it's it's a weird, weird country we live in and it's... You don't, I you, think if something does go wrong midweek, I think you two might need a therapy session for something. <laughs> that is my therapy session, but we'll go into a lot of that. We'll quickly touch on other games because we went, we could speak about Rangers all day at the moment because it's just not good at all. But quickly, we'll touch on other four games. Josh, Aberdeen 4, Hibs 1 on Friday night. Aberdeen off the heels of a bad, bad result at Ibrox last Saturday, playing against a Hibs team and very similar. Two, two teams that will play, play some good football, and Aberdeen won on the day. Terrific result for Aberdeen. And again, when when Aberdeen are on it, they can score goals for fun. Aye. Quite impressed with Aberdeen, to be honest with you. Um, they don't seem a team so much bothered about possession. It's just more about the amount of chances they create. And they create a lot of good chances as well. They do create a lot of good chances without having a lot of the ball. And I, I think they attack the ball well in the box and I, I was pretty impressed when they play with a good intensity as well, Aberdeen. Um, they get men and they flood the box as well. Like, I am really 
I'm quite impressed with them, to be honest with you. Um, and I think they'll keep getting better. I think we also seen the good as well, a VAR for the Hibs Pro. Mm-hmm. Final a wee bit of good. Because um, I did actually think he was also at first glance as well, and then obviously he wasn't he? But no, I think Jim Goodwin's starting to make them click a wee bit, and I think they'll keep getting better. You might find the break actually might come at the bad time for them, to be honest with you. Um, that break, that'll be a... Again, that break will make no day teams the world are good as well, so you don't know. So, and if you have perspective, it might be a bit of a weird game. 17 shots, 6 on target, but you lose 4-1, dominated the ball, but Aberdeen, it was a very open counter, and Aberdeen were the, Aberdeen took their chances. No, absolutely. I think not having Boyle is a big miss for Hibs. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes them click. Um, they're actually a pretty bad run, um, having been good for the first half of the season, but Aberdeen, I mean, we could talk about the penalty if you like. I don't think it was a penalty. Um, and then how long it took, and then about two minutes of play passed, and then they took it back to retake the penalty. That was a bit shambolic. But <clears throat> when Aberdeen get their tails in front, they, they are good. And against teams that are around them, they're good. They're just off the pace when it comes to Rangers and Celtic, and unfortunately that's just how it is. Um They've got Dundee United next. We've got Livingston, then Dundee United. They'll want to make amends for that defeat that United put on them um, just the other week. And if they can do that, if they can win these next two games, they should then be third place. And that's where they would want to stay um, because they had a horrific season last season. They're still poor at the back. Um, not really sure what the system is there. But um, as you say, when they go forward with Miovsky and the boy Duke, um, it is a good partnership, um, albeit I still don't think it was a penalty. We'll move on to our game on Friday night. It was quite an entertaining Friday night as well. I, just, I think that's something that the Premiership could, should do every weekend because I, I quite enjoyed kind of following this on Friday. Kilmarnock 2, Livingston 3. Livingston, we know what they do. They're gritty, they're determined. That's something that they, they're famous for doing. That's how they get the three points. But, Josh... It's one of those games where it could have went anywhere and I think Derek McInnes will be absolutely baffled at how he hasn't got something out of that game. It's the goals that Kelly concede as well. It's the go- it is, it's the goals. Like, but do you know, if I'm quite a, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Lovey, to be honest with you, because I don't, people always talk about well, they just put so many men behind the ball and they do this and they do that, but their actual first goal comes from pressing high in that game and robbing them in their build-up and then they go ahead and they score and then I think their winner as well which led to the own goal again pressing high uh, Bruce Anderson away pressing high and then the boys close in on top of it again puts the ball across and it's that but I don't know see Livy I'm very I like them I love Martindale as well I, I can't believe Martindale like, doesn't get touted about for more jobs and stuff as well Like, and you talk about recruitment at Rangers the, the job at Livingston Day is unbelievable we need money I wouldn't imagine they've got a big recruitment part of their club as well. Like how they just keep churning out all these players and again they bring players in to fit the style to do what they're doing and and they're good at it and they're brilliant at it and they're brilliant at recruiting for it. And I, I don't know, I think I just don't think they get the praise they deserve. And the fact that they can go and they go away there and they've just always got that grit. They stay in games and they'll either get a draw or a win. You never feel as if they're fully out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't get me wrong if you're McInnes uh, you're, you're raging but you're more raging about the goals you're conceding rather than the ones the chances you've not took to be honest with you um, 
Because if you don't defend, it's the same with us, my team in Sat uh, yesterday. If you can't defend, you're not going to win games. So you can't even moan about the chances you're you're passing up. Yeah. Um, and that's a bit that that will be really sticking in his throat, to be honest with you. Bonnie Livingston, were the other one? Do you think it? Do you can I echo Josh's thoughts that it was a it was a cracking game, but yeah, I think Livingston did did deserve it just for the fact that when it got to two all, they they kept pushing and they 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 kept you know trying to get that winner. I think one of the things you get with the Livingston team is they they play as a team. You can see what each player the role is. You know they've always been solid at the back, hard to break down. Newbly up front, and now that he's got Anderson there. Um, having been injured for the, the start of the season, that's probably a good foil for him. You know, be able to knock it down, lay it off. So they'll do a lot of teams, um, Livingston, over the course of the season. But Kilmarnock to be ahead um, and and then lose the game is disappointing. And that, that's been probably the story of their season is they've got themselves into good positions and just maybe not been able to, um, you know, see themselves over the line. I think they lack up front. I mean, okay, Lafferty is not the saviour, but um, he knows what to do in this league and he probably would be a difference for a team like that. But they just seem to struggle. So to score two goals and and get ahead at half-time just to see it um, go uh, is disappointing. But yeah, Livingston, they're they're only a couple of points off third, I think it is. Mm -hmm. One win, we'd see them there. Well, they play Aberdeen next, they'd win that. they'll, They'll be above them. So they're definitely a team top six is well within their reach and that's what they should be aiming for uh, season in, season out. Kilmarnock, they've got a long stretch of games without having to play Rangers or Celtic. I think come after Christmas they do play both those teams so they're going to need to start getting points on board um, pretty quickly. Um, so they will be disappointed after after say, having, having a lead in that one. But no, it was a good game. Good game. It could be a massive game for Kilmarnock on Saturday, which Tuesday night as well. We'll touch on that later on. Ross County, a huge 3-2 victory for them at home at St Mirren. Josh, my thing with Ross County, as I've always said this season, they lack goals, but they're a pretty decent side. They just don't take their chances, and they fought back really well to, and took their chances to pick up a big win on Saturday at home at St Mirren. I, I think it was a full weekend where the full SBFL just couldn't defend. To be honest yeah. with you, there seems yeah. to be goals all other camp. Yeah. Um, I watched the highlights of that game, and gee, I just kind of believe some of the goals that were going in, like just balls coming out of the box and not even contested, and it was unbelievable. But I, I think is it White they've got up front for them? Yeah. Ross County, yeah. just good player. He does what he does, but he just doesn't score enough goals for them, and. Um, they've got good wide players as well. I really like the boy Edwards. I like the boy Edwards name. as well. Yeah, really good. Direct. And I thought he was really, really good. And I, I was really impressed with him last year. Obviously, again, I know they lost a couple of players. But the, was it Charles Cook? I think he went. Charles Cook and So it's, it's hard for these teams. I think we underestimate how hard it is for these teams to replace the goal scorers at that level as well. And as you touched on, they ultimately just have they've kind of kept the, the core group that the goal scorers seem to have left. And hopefully that's that's maybe a big confidence booster for them going and scoring free at home. And they should they created enough chances to score a couple more. So I uh, they should take confidence for that. But it is a it's a good home victory and it was needed because it's very, very tight down at that end of the table, very tight. And obviously what happened to Dundee United, though, that'll make that win even bigger for them as yeah, well. Absolutely. Donnie, would you go along with that big win for Ross County? But for a Samaritan perspective, five defeats for six away games, they're in a really good position in the league. But if they don't 
pick up that away form, they could find yeah. themselves struggling. It was definitely a surprise result because St Mirren have probably been the surprise team in this early part of the season. Um, they started off really well. They defeated Celtic, um, and you know they were in the top six. But they just Ross County. They, I'd say they've lacked goals and they just seem to get it all at once. Um, at the weekend, whether they can push on now, we've got Hibs and then Celtic. Some men have got St Johnston and Rangers, so not great fixtures for either team, but certainly a good win. And when it's that close at the bottom, these are the games that that make the difference. You see your opponents losing, and you've you've got a good performance yourself. Um, they should be happy with that. But uh, no, I enjoyed that game. It was good. And the final game of the weekend was at Tyne Castle. A very dramatic finish, Donny, as Hearts beat Motherwell 3-2. Lauren Shanklin with a late penalty, but they had to do it with 10 men. It was a very tight game. And I wonder, was the Craig Gordon thing, did that overshadow Hearts' victory? Yeah, I mean, Hearts... They'll probably be glad that their European adventure is over. Um, it's took its toll and it showed in, in the results. But they've, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they've had a clean sheet all season. So when you've got that kind of defensive record, you do need to be scoring goals. And luckily for them, Shankland has been on form pretty much since game one. I think we'd all be surprised to see Haldy grabbing a, a couple. Um, <laughs> but Motherwell, Motherwell pulled it back. Uh, and yes, when Gordon's been booked and then he gives away a penalty, um, surely the referee's got to um, think about that one. But they got the win. It's moved them up in the league and they'll want to you know, go to Rangers on Wednesday and, and really stamp on their necks, as it were, because they, they're starting to hit a bit of form, uh, albeit they're poor at the back. Josh, the thing with the Craig Gordon is the thing with the Craig Gordon situation is, is that it's he does touch the ball, so I understand why he doesn't get a a, a yellow card, but he does take Louis Mill down. I uh, see. To be fair, we had one yesterday, same situation, um, exact same, similar. To be honest, um, and I think it's that whole double jeopardy rule isn't it, that you can't yeah. you can't do it and. I'll be honest, yesterday again, I think everybody's just so confused with the rules, nobody knows what's happening, to be honest with you, but and even it happened, the similar situation happened to us yesterday, and I was telling my sub goal that he go and get to get warmed up, basically, so then I realised, no, wait, you can sit back down because he doesn't get sent off, so it was like, aye, it's a, it's a difficult one, but listen, that's massive for Hearts, because mm-hmm. Motherwell have been really, really good. Um, I know Brian Kerr has been in there with Hammy yeah. as well, so... The boys have done brilliant since they've been in. And I know they're starting to start a wee bit now, but they've done really, really well. And that's a massive home win. Um, Shanklin's obviously turned out to be a, a phenomenal signing for them as well. I think there was, he was under a wee bit of pressure. I think a lot of people said they couldn't do it in the Premiership mm-hmm. as well when he was coming in. A lot of Hearts fans are saying that, but he's proven that he can. Um, Imagine he's a fantasy footballer's dream, don't he? He is. Um, it's actually a position um, that's quite hotly contested because you've got a lot of good goal scorers in the game right now. You've got Trolak, Mijowski, um, two Celtics. So he, he is somebody that you, you eye up as a penalty taker, um, you know, being being a good asset. And you think, right, we've got Rangers in midweek. There's you know, a good chance he can score against them. So, yeah, from a fantasy football point of view, he's certainly hot property at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. But we'll move on to the Championship. Five games to talk about. On Friday night, Cove beat Queen's Park 2-0. Uh, 
And then on Saturday, Air 1, Morton 1, Inverness 1, Arbroath 1, Partick 2, Dundee 3, Wraith 3, Hamilton 1. I'll just go through the table quite quickly. It's still very tight. Air, Air low, just in the way the results have went, still three points clear after the draw at Morton, but Wraith and Dundee were probably the big winners of the weekend. Donny, what result caught your eye in the Championship? Well, I'm from Cove myself, so that's my local team. Um, caught a bit of the game on TV, albeit it's about five minutes from my house. Um, so, as I said, before we started recording, they've probably found our level. Uh, you know, they've waltzed through um, the lower leagues quite easily, but this is probably a step too far. So it'll be a good experience for them. At the moment, it looks like they could stay in the league. Um, it'll be a tough winter um, to come for them, but it's certainly a good win um, on the TV. It's certainly good for the profile. Um, of the club so hopefully they can stay up and, and just build on that um, but that is a league you look at it seventh place Park Thistle just five points off the top yeah any 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 one of those could could find themselves in the, the top flight next season yeah I think it was a good turnout for the, the Friday night games are a big kit eh? I like oh, them seen, um, the West, seen the West things like that they're, they're an absolute brown yeah they're a, a real good thing I, I'm, that's what I'm saying like even like a Friday night where you've got two premiership games they still got a good crowd I think there was I don't know the exact crowd but I don't imagine it would have been empty I think there would have been a good crowd at that game no it's a good crowd they're well supported mm-hmm. um, home and away um, they've got a good support um, and as I say they've, they've, they've won back to back promotions um, they've, built, they've put in extra stands um, so it obviously shows that they're they're looking to remain in that league and, and do as best as they can so no, it was good to see it on TV and uh, good for them to get the win um, but I think they will struggle but if they can stay up that would be their, their primary objective yeah, I, I, think they will, I think they will stay up I think they will Both. as well I think I they've think. got a good squad yeah and I think as well look, you've got guys like Mitchell Megginson that can score goals yeah. and I think, they'll be, I think they'll be fine I think that's a big result as well Josh, we'll go to you for League One. We'll just go through the results. Clyde now, Airdrie one, Falkirk now, then Fairland one. The I, I was told the biggest attendance for a third tier game outside a Rangers for I think ever. FC Edinburgh now, Queen of the South three, Kelty one, Alloa one, and Montrose three. Peterhead now. What catches your eye in that division? Queen of the South against Edinburgh caught mine. So I've got a few boys obviously on loan for Queen yeah. of the South. Um, and they've been pretty inconsistent, inconsistent, but obviously Edinburgh are up the top end of the table. And I feel as if Queen of the South have really clawed themselves back into contention for a playoff spot with that, that victory. Um, I, f- I felt sorry for my, my old club Clyde as well, to be honest. Um, they're going through a real time at the now. Um, spoke to Danny when he's left as well. And mm-hmm. Moody stayed there. And I, the guys were just saying that every bit of bad luck just seems to be no going for them. And... I know they obviously saved a penalty and then it lands straight at LJ who used to play for Clyde and he mm-hmm. scored and so they're going through a bit of a tough time at the new but for me Queen of the South and I, I think that league's wide open and I, I feel as a I think Dunfermline will run away with that league to be honest with you um, I do I think I think eventually they'll win it quite comfortably but I think they play all spots will be tight and I can see Queen of the South dragging themselves back into that because I know Wally and he it's, it's a bit he'll get that right eventually and there's a few, obviously I've got a couple of boys on uh, on loan for Queens and there's a few talented boys coming through their ranks as well um who are who can get into the team just now so it shows you how strong they are yeah, um absolutely. but I I hope Clyde pick up as well I wouldn't like to see them get down because they worked hard to get up the league. Mm-hmm. 
We'll move into League Two. Just Albion Rovers one, Stirling one, Bonnie Rig two, Elgin three, Dumbarton two, Stranraer nil, four for one, Annan four, Stenhouse Muir two, East Five two. Donny, what caught your eye in League Two? I've always got a soft spot for Annan. It's where where we've just come from on holiday, so I always like to see them do well. They took Aberdeen to extra time in the cup, but they're they're struggling, um, unfortunately. Um, it looks like a two-horse race um, as it stands at the moment. Dumbarton, Sterling Albion uh, switching places at the weekend. So um, it looks quite exciting at the top. Both teams um, starting to hit form at the right time. Uh, I mean, it's a, I mean, a fascinating weekend in all the SPFL, as I say. I think the I think not a lot's changed in terms of the league positions, but it's been an exciting weekend. We have some midweek action to look at. We'll just get through quickly. We'll ask for score predictions before we wrap up the show. Tuesday night, Hibs versus Ross County. I think Ross County could get some here. I'm going to go a one-all draw. Josh, who we got? I'll say one-one as well. To be honest with you, um, that'll probably get fit by Stoke. That maybe that game. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having Lee Johnson by the way I don't know about you but I'm not having that. I, I'm not having Lee Johnson I think he's got a system he want, I think he's got a system he wants to implement but I think is it going to be consistent is, are you going to see Hibs being on a consistent run because I don't think they've picked have they been it, when they're well, similar to Aberdeen when they're on it they're brilliant when they're off yeah. it they're not good at all and they're, uh, capable, it's they're quite similar to the whole Maloney the Maloney scenario isn't it where Maloney had a system they didn't really let him in but some of the stuff Johnson comes out with in interviews is a bit baffling and all but I don't know I just think I don't, maybe I'm not always wacky on these interviews maybe I need to start <laughs> putting should. myself out there a wee bit maybe I'll just start I, saying I what I feel I think you should <laughs> Donny Hibs Ross County I fancy Hibs for the win um, as I said they're a different team without Martin Boyle um, but I fancy them maybe 2-1 2-1 Hibs. Livingston, Aberdeen, Josh, I I think this could be a Livingston win. I think Aberdeen can be very inconsistent. I think I, I think Livy 2-0. I'll say Livy 1-0. I think they'll sneak a wee 1-0 there. Donny, what we got? Yeah, I think I have to agree with that. It's not going to be a good place to travel midweek. Uh, plastic pitch, tough defence. I think uh, Livingston could edge us maybe 1-0. A massive game at the bottom of the table on Wednesday. The day United versus Kilmarnock. I think Kilmarnock, are, I think they need to stop leaking goals and they need to start scoring them. And I think if it's not for Danny Armstrong, I think they'd be bottom of the league. But I think the day United are also due a result. I think the day United 2-1, Josh. That could be three each, to be honest with you, the way they could defend, to be honest yes, with you. it could be. There could be a lot of goals um, If the two of them defend the way they have been, that could honestly be like a high-scoring draw, in my opinion. But um, it should be a decent game. But now that we have said that, it'll probably be no, no. no. a <laughs> I think there's a no-no. I think there's a no-no later on, and I'm going to touch on it later. There's always a no-no in these games. but There'll be no shots in that game. There'll be no shots or not. We didn't get it this weekend. Donny, the United Kilmarnock, Massive game for two teams. Who have we got? I see it back to United more than I should. They've got a fantastic <laughs> squad, but for some reason or another, they just don't do it. I'd like to say they would win this game. I wouldn't put my, my house on it. I think it could be a draw. I think it would be a goal-scoring draw, maybe 2-2. Mother will play Celtic. Josh, can Celtic keep their run going? Absolutely. 3-0 Celtic. Easy peasy. I call. I think Celtic won comfortably. I think I'm even going to go. I'm going to go four 0 I think Celtic <laughs> will just win comfortably. Donny, who have we got? 
Ah, it'll be an absolute demolition. I'd even go further than that and say five. Settler could probably make half a dozen changes and still steamroller them. Um, so it'll be a convincing win. The game that I think could be nil nil could be this one: Rangers versus Hearts. I think that it all depends on what happens, and I think we're in for a big twenty four forty eight hours before this game. I don't know if there will be a change, but I think if there will be one, I think it will be made before this game. But I don't think we'll get. I don't think this will be much of a contest. I think this will be a a nil nil. I think this is a nil nil for the week. The week, Josh. I think both teams are really really struggling. I think Hearts are obviously more capable of getting a result. They won't be fearing going to Rangers because, as I say, why would you fear just going to play, to play against a team who are quite predictable? But I do think it'll be a nil-nil. Do I think it'll be a very stuffy affair at Ibrox? Will Gio be in the dugout? What we're saying? I think that all depends. And then I think he will. I think he will be. I think, he, I think he will be. I don't I think, think there's enough will. time. They would have done it straight after the game, you know, an hour or so after the game, if they were going to do anything. The fact that nothing's happened... They are probably just going to wait till this time next week, see where they're at. Um, I don't, I think there will be goals. I've said already, Hearts haven't kept a clean sheet. So I think it, if Hearts score first, we'll just watch out. Um, I would like to think Rangers win this one. I'm hoping Rangers win this one. Uh, if it's 1 0, that'll do me. But um, yeah, it's not the team you really want to face um, at this moment in time. I just think it's one of those midweek feelings of the the crowd won't be up for it. The crowd will be. Oh yeah, the crowd will be. On the and I think it'll, I think it will show up. I think it will show off in the yeah. players as well because I don't think this Rangers team have this Rangers team have history of not playing well when the pressure is on them. And yeah. I think this is going to be something similar. I think he makes changes be. as well. I think he brings on Morello. I think he will make changes just if to try and save play himself. Morello and Joe like together, I think yeah. he. I think he's. And that could be damaging. Passing into the yeah. wind. And sorry for swearing, but how on earth he doesn't after after that today go right? I need to really change my. I really need to change this. I need to be yeah far more pragmatic. I need to play go go the way he started, didn't he? He, he played Kamara as a six and played Arfield Naribo in his first few weeks in charge. That worked. Why he changed that? I don't know. It could He's be got, a toxic night. That it, it could, could be very be, toxic. It could be I've been there. It's I've been there at Celtic Park as well. And oh no, obviously you know what the old firm fans are like. Like they're very impatient. Even if the first couple of minutes, if Hearts go and get a corner in the first couple of minutes, like you'll you'll hear the talks. But be toxic all the way around the stadium, and, and it rubs off. Yeah. And Josh, you know that it rubs I, off in the players, and it's going to be one of those. I just think it's going to be one of those nights. I think. I, Especially I just think, now, Scott, because they're very the play. The boys will be really low in confidence just now, like. They've got that tag of being the worst Champions League yeah. team in the group stages. Like that's not. I think what people need to realise as well. The boys, the the, the players, they'll be so low in confidence. And maybe what Gio is asking them to do is maybe just a wee bit. It's a wee bit too difficult for them. Like, but do you know what would get me as well? And I, I'm sorry for interrupting. But do you know what would get me and would infuriate me if I was a Rangers fan? See if Giovanni van Bronckhorst was to get the was to be shown the door and Rangers then mm-hmm. pick up. That would infuriate me because you have seen that happen at Villa, didn't you? You yeah, see it happen everywhere. Happen everywhere and you get this new manager bounce that you talk about, but it's a lack of professionalism because it shows you that you weren't playing for that manager. You were trying or to is get that... it, or is it taking the shackles off the players? Possibly, possibly. But uh... it's also to me what it's always looked like to me is is that these players are capable of so much more and they're showing it after the horse has bolted. 
So no, no, I get that. There's two sides to it, I suppose, yeah. isn't there? But it's I don't think it's just as simple as a manager swap, to be honest with you. No, I it's not the, it's the problems are far worse. And we were speaking about it off air, Donnie. If the if Rangers AGM, I think, is the the first week in December. If things are if the World Cup and if the World Cup is the World Cup will obviously be going on, so there'll be no pressure of a, a game before that. But <laughs> If this is if this is the what it's going to be like getting into this AGM, and the AGM is not what Rangers fans want, like they don't hear things they want to hear, mm-hmm. it will turn quickly and it will turn on the board and it's beginning to turn on the board. And I feel for the board because I know they've had to put in a lot of money to restabilize the club because the club was in or it's bare bones when a lot of yep. those guys went in, but they haven't kicked on. They haven't saw the opportunity to go to that next level. They won the league in 2021 and thought right okay we've done that but that's what I think's happened they've, they've done the hard bit and we'll, we'll just take our foot off the gas and not build for the future that's- I don't think anyone I don't think anyone anticipated how good Celtic would come under Ange as well no, I, don't think, so I think I remember if you remember that at the start like I'll be honest I didn't know how that was going to work Nobody out and I remember that, it was crazy like and if you even remember how we started that year it was like, yeah. I think we started with three defeats, like, but it was more, it was, and again, that's why I spoke about uh, Gio's personality, it was Angie's personality that got the Celtic fans drawing mm-hmm. in and just that, like, we all knew what he was trying, and that, and I think his fans, like, people, the fans got a lot of stick, but I think if you know what they're trying to do, like, can you remember it under Gerard when Gerard first came in, obviously he's done the win the league right away, but you just could see the progression, you could see they were coming up, and his Celtic fans, we knew Rangers were closing that gap to us. And I think that's where our frustrations came from because we weren't capitalising and now the roles have reversed. And I think that's... With Gio, it's just like, there just doesn't seem to be a direction. But you just don't know where bought, it's going. I think that bought Gerard time, the fact that you could see... Maybe results weren't they, weren't they great a lot of the time. There was a lot of times where Rangers would struggle. Rangers would lose at home to Hamilton. They would lose away to Ross County and things like that. But you could see there was he was building something. That's, Aye, that's, where I, that's where I'm at with, with Giovanni Van Bronckhorst right now. Is that oh, you can't see it? You don't know, what, you know what's happening. Any, I can't see anything other than the inevitable, and it's that thing of the slow, the, the slow death. And it's not nice to say it like that, but you can see where this is going. It's the I, I speak about it all the time, and I'm actually fed up hearing hearing myself talk about it. The Harry Maguire <laughs> thing. Harry Maguire could go to the World Aye. Cup and be amazing, but the minute he has a bad game, we remember that Harry Maguire has bad games and we always think about that. If Giovanni Van Bronckhorst uh, goes and wins his next 10 games, yeah, it might be fine, but the minute he loses the next, his first one, it'll be, oh, that's what he did before. Yeah. That's peril for a Rangers manager. That's peril for any manager at a club like that. But final game, St Mirren, St Johnson, Donny. I thought this might be a nil-nil, but I think it'll be a draw. I think it'll be 2-2. Yeah, St Johnston, they're certainly in a bit of form. I think they've won the last three games. Um, St Mirren need a win. Um, I'll go 2-1 St Mirren. 2-1 St Mirren. Josh, where we got? I'll go 3-1 St Johnston. By the way, what about the first goal for St Johnston today? An absolute <laughs> top goal. Wow. Yeah, top goal, a ripper. And actually, that was yeah. fair play, by the way. And full credit needs to go, for, go to St Johnston because they took their chances and they were outstanding. And it's that yeah. sort of result to, to beat Rangers at home. It, it kicks you on. It gives you a lot of confidence. Right. And that could be something to carry on. But we will be 
we'll be doing an extra show on uh, Friday. It'll probably look out Thursday night or Friday morning. We will look back at the week, the midweek games. We will also have our final Scottish football show before the World Cup, which will take place next Monday. We'll have a wee bumper show. We'll do a wee kind of mid-season review and things like that. But we're going to wrap up the show there. I want to say a big thank you to Josh for coming on the show and helping me out. It's been an absolute pleasure. Mate, pleasure's all mine. Loved it. Thank you very good much. Good to come on and just chat about football. That is that. It's something we all love doing. And Donnie, I really appreciate you coming on and helping out. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. No, you're welcome. Uh, you can hear more of me at uh, Half Hour Fantasy Pod, the official unofficial podcast of Scottish football. Um, myself, Peter and Tom. And you can also find me on Twitter at FFS underscore Donny. So all your fantasy football needs for the Scottish game, Half Hour Fantasy Pod's where you'll find it. Brilliant. I will make sure you tune into that. I will certainly will be tuning in as more often as I do as well. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very yep. much for everyone that's tuned in. Please follow us on social media. We're now at 10,000 followers on Twitter and we're growing. So keep that keep that going as well. And also please subscribe to our YouTube and podcast channels for consistent Scottish football content. Thanks very much, everyone. See you soon. Cheers. Cheers.